This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. And I'm your co-host, Kaylin Les. Every year, people set goals, but they struggle to have a relationship with them. At this time of year, you know, we just got through wrapping the year up. You were finishing strong. You're looking up, imagining what are the things that are important to you for this year? What are the New Year's resolutions that you want to set? What are those goals that really matter to you? And if you are like most people who consider themselves to be goal setters, then you set your goals. You put them on a piece of paper. And now that we've gotten into the new year and you've started to get back into the rhythm of your actual J-O-B, if we followed you around with a camera... What we would probably see is you bouncing from your inbox to meeting to meeting and then sprinkling people stopping by and asking you, hey, do you got a minute? And what most people don't realize is that the way the majority of people manage their time is outdated. And it's not in service of them having a relationship with their goals. There is a new way to manage your time. There is a better way to have a relationship with your goals. And that's what we're talking about here today. Jeff, why do you think that is, though? Well, let me ask you. you. You not only went through school as a kid, you were a teacher for a period of time. What what grade did you teach? 7th through 12th graders with learning disabilities. Okay. And in how many of those classes did you teach kids how to get clarity on their priorities and have a relationship with their goals? I never put those words to those things. Yeah. Folks, we were never trained to do this. When we were kids, we were taught to memorize things. We were taught to study for the test, to do well for the test. We were taught to have the right answer. Rather than when we look at goal setting, um, a lot of people think that the purpose of a goal is to achieve a result versus understanding that the purpose of a goal is to think really big for your life and allow that to determine how you have to behave on a day-to-day basis, knowing that some of the times you're not going to get there, but it's about you progressing as an individual rather than being perfect. So part of this, I believe, is unless you've started to live principles like the one thing, you don't know how to have a relationship with your goals. If you want to transform your health this year, you don't know what you need to have for dinner tonight. (laughs) It's just, it's too far out in the future to understand how you have to behave today. I feel really fortunate because I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still wanna eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor, and Factor is chef-created, dietitian-approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. You know what, Jeff? I think you're right that we've learned this pattern of every like midnight on the 31st of the year, it's 
like exciting. And we have a renewed sense of trust in ourselves. And we look forward into that future version in that coming year and how we're going to behave and how we're going to exist. And we've learned to believe that it's a magic stroke at midnight. Yeah. And yet that next step, like the minute you get back to work, you land right in the same environment that you left the day before. Right? In an environment that reinforced that it is normal to get to the office and open up your computer and check your email. It's normal to check your email until you have to go to a meeting. And when you get out of that meeting, you check your email and then somebody stops by and asks if you got a minute. And because you're a team player and you want to help, you say yes. And it's normal to be really busy all day and then actually question if you got anything done. And it's also normal to think that it was a lack of discipline that got you there or that you maybe weren't clear enough on your goals. We often blame ourselves for our inability to close that gap. Mm. At least that's been my experience. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's where one of the things that I really appreciated about the one thing was this idea of moving from E to P, moving from doing what comes naturally to you, being entrepreneurial, to being purposeful, looking outside of yourself for not what's the best you can do, but what's the best that can be done. It's not what's the best way Kaylin Les can do it or Jeff Woods can do it. It's who's the best, who has the best model or approach to having clarity on their priorities and ensuring that when they invest their time, it's in service of a relationship with their goals. And those are the tools that we train to. And speaking of people that have a lot of clarity on their goals and have achieved extraordinary things, yesterday you and I got to spend some time listening to Gary Keller talk about how to set goals and what's the purpose of a goal. And after that meeting, you and I walked back and we're like, let's talk about this for a minute. So we decided to get together and just record that conversation just because, I mean, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And that's that's what inspired this is not everybody can always get to be in that room, but we have the ability to to take the the 20% of the message that we heard yesterday and share it with you so that you can begin to put it into action. And it started by Gary walking into the room. He walked up to the front of the room uh, to his Elmo, which is like a, a modern day fancy projector, uh, put down a piece of paper and said, today, let's do a training on the 411 which for those of you who are members and are living your One Thing community, you know this is the tool that we have a relationship with every single month. For those of you who have been following the podcast, you you keep hearing, what is this 411 tool? And Gary said, you know, the 411 is, is not a tool that tells you everything you need to do. It tells you what's most important. It's an accountability framework to help you understand if you set goals for this year, what do you have to do this week to ensure that you're on track for your the month? And when you're on track for your month, it automatically puts you on track for the year. It helps you understand what are the things that are most important and are non-negotiable. Then everything else is just everything else. And it's a tool that is not rocket science. It's not this secret weapon. It really is a tool that you can write down what is most important and get clarity on the specific activities that will keep you on track for your monthly goals and keep you on track for your annual goals that most people just fail to document and fail to look at every day. And this is a tool that Gary has been using for decades. Yeah, he literally said yesterday that he's been coaching people to use this tool for over 40 years. And what he was sharing were some of just 
the high level, most important things that he has learned over 40 years, not only using this himself, but also helping other high achievers use this at an extraordinary level. And for those of you, if you if you are new to this idea of the 411 and you want to see what it looks like and get a quick training on it, if you go over to the one thing.com slash training, that's with the number one in the URL, at the very top, we have a section called uh, basics courses. These are the basic principles of the one thing in 15 minutes or less for free. There is a free course called Start Using Your 411 that you can access right now and get started. And for those of you that want more in-depth on how to use it, not only with yourself, but with your team, if you scroll down to the foundational course section, you'll see a course called Get Results with Your 411. And that is what our entire membership platform is built around, is a community of people who are having a relationship with their 411. You can check that out there. And we jumped right into it, Jeff. But I wanted to just quickly recap for new listeners and people who are hearing this. What is this? What is a 411? What does that stand for? A a 411 stands for four weeks, one month, and one year. Lots of people set one-year goals. Very... Uh, there's a small percentage of people who, once they set their one-year goals, identify milestones or priorities for what they have to accomplish this month to be on track for that year. Most people think, oh, it's January. I've got all year to hit that goal versus saying, this is the piece of the goal I have to deliver in January. And once you can isolate it down to a month, what do I have to do each and every week throughout the month to absolutely ensure I'm on track to hit it? That's what it means to have a relationship with your goals. It's a practice of weekly updates and that Mm. rhythm that you take the moment to really distill down what are the most important things this week that ladder up to the most important things this month, that ladder up to the most important things for my entire year. And it takes, how long does it take you to do your 411 each week? 15 minutes or less. Same. And it's and it's it's very much like a date. It's a date with my goals. Hey, how are things going? What do I have to do differently? Like when I think back to uh, dating Amy, when things were going really well, I was thinking bigger about the future. And when we started to ha- when we started to find that we might be growing in different directions, you best believe I was asking, what can I do differently so that we grow in the right direction? You're just doing the exact same thing with your goals. A good thing to keep in mind, though, is also it's a practice that has a learning curve. So the first 411 I did, when I was trying to think about, well, I don't know what activity for January actually leads to my annual goal. Like it's thinking in a totally different way. So it's something that with practice gets easier and easier because you're not just filling out a form or writing it down. You're actually learning how to think differently. Well, I think a good metaphor for this is the idea of a a rock chip. You know, if you think of, I want you to imagine, close your eyes, not if you're driving. But imagine a rocket ship in Houston at NASA. It's about to blast off. It's got to go to the moon and back. Now, that rocket ship only has so much fuel on board. And Jay actually had a conversation with an astrophysicist who told him that 70% of a rocket's total fuel source is used up in the first two minutes of flight. When you think about that, it's got to go to the moon and back. Yet 70% is used in the first two minutes because it takes that much effort to overcome gravity. What you're talking about here, Kaylin, is we all have a gravitational pull in our lives from the habits that we formed, consciously or unconsciously, what we were taught in school, the way we show up in our jobs, the way we view our time, whether we spend our time or invest it, there is a gravitational pull that we have to overcome. And your first 411 will probably be the hardest one that you ever do. And with each additional week, every time you sit down and you have that date with your goals and you ask, great, 
based on what happened last week, what do I need to do this week to be on track for my month so I'm on track for my year? It gets easier and easier. Yeah, I'm thinking of one of our community members. She, We were chatting on the phone about her goals and all of the tools she was leveraging. And she said that at first with the 411, she confessed. She's like, I think I was doing it totally wrong and barely filling it out. But I knew that just by printing it out and giving it a thought, that was the first step. She yeah. didn't even have to have the answers. She didn't have to know what the priority was because by looking at it and thinking about it, she actually started to build that muscle that by the end of the year, it became this critical tool for her and her husband to really achieve their goals together. Yeah, and for those of you who have been subscribed to this podcast for a while, uh, three episodes ago with Jeff Gray, we the episode was called Common Myths About Forming Habits. We interviewed Jeff about all the 66-day challenges he's gone on, and he shared that they he did a 66-day challenge to check his 411 before he checked his email, and he said that one has completely altered the trajectory of his life. Because instead of just going on social media or seeing his text message and all the requests from his clients or whatever was in his inbox, he just sat down and looked at what his priorities were before he looked at everyone else's. Because the thing is, Jeff, we're building habits, whether we're choosing them or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the habits we're forming are actually obstacles to the achievement that we're pointed at. And yet, when you start to get really deliberate around the small things that make such a huge difference, the results will blow you away. Yeah, so... Uh, one of the things that became very apparent to us yesterday, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of a calendar year. And if we shared with you, the person who's listening to this, that right now you may already be behind when it comes to your goals, how does that land? Jeff, you're breaking hearts. You're shattering dreams. <laughs> well, it, it, it sounds kind of crazy, right? Yeah, to think like yeah. it's early in the year. What do you mean I'm already behind? And this is something that Gary shared is that uh, what most of most people have done, people who are not living this, is they unconsciously formed the habit of procrastination. It's the first week of the new year. And they tell themselves, oh, I've got time. And so... Maybe they're not as focused. They're still struggling to get back into the flow of getting into work and not being on vacation. And then the second week comes and they go, maybe I didn't get it all done. I'll do better next week. And what ends up happening is that when you're not hyper clear on what matters most and when you don't hold yourself to a standard that you get what matters most done each week, before you know it, you are punting your goals week after week after week. And that deficit begins to stack. An example Gary shared yesterday is that he said, let's say that um, this year you set a goal to save $12,000 over the course of a year, a thousand bucks a month, right? Well, if in month one, you only save 500, you don't get to just say, I'll save a thousand in February. You now have to save 1500. And if you only saved 500 again in February, now, all of a sudden, you've got to save 2000 in March when your track record says you only save 500 a month. All of a sudden, you've got to do four times what your track record shows. And before you know it, you get to a point in the year where the deficit is so massive that you look at it and say, there's no way. And you give up on your goals. And what Gary said is crazy is that people miss their goals week after week after week, after week, but never change their behavior. And when that's you, why are you even doing it at all? Imagine the goal is $12,000 a year. And let's say in January, you rocked it. You saved every dollar of that $1,000 and put it away. 
And then in February, saved it, got it, you're on track for your goal. But then in March, something happens with your car. And suddenly there's an unexpected expense that now dips into that $2,000 and now you're back at square who knows and you're feeling defeated even though the behaviors of saving that $1,000, you were actually on track. Like, What did Gary say about that, Jeff? He said that one of the keys to achieving extraordinary results when you're, when you're having a relationship with your goals is front-loading your progress. He said, people who achieve extraordinary don't take the goal and divide it by 12 months. They front load it. They try to get ahead. And when you show up and you're clear on what your priorities are for the month, you don't say, oh, this is what I got to do this month. So let's just divide that by four. And this is what I got to do this week. Nope. You front load it so that your first week, he said, your first week should be like hell week in football. That's the week you are doubling down. What would it take? How would you have to show up in the world if you wanted to get an entire month's work of priorities done in the first week. What would you be saying yes to? What are the things you'd be saying no to? And then it even comes down to within that week. Are you just going to say, oh, I'll get to that Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? No. How do you front load your week? And if you actually were to pay attention to how Gary lives his days, Gary front loads his days. The hours before noon Gary's time is 100% his. He he has said publicly, my goal is to win the day by 12 o'clock. He wants to have his top priorities accomplished before lunchtime. That way, in the afternoon, he can be spontaneous. That's when he checks email. That's when he has meetings with other people. So this whole idea is don't fall behind. Front load your priorities. Let me restate what you said, just because it's front-loading in a few different forms. So I want to make sure that I'm writing down what you've got there. So front-loading the year means January is kind of the power hour. Because let's be real, we're feeling pretty pumped about the year. We're high energy right now anyways. Why not capitalize on that? Yeah. And And I can tell you, I remember when I was in sales and I got my fresh quota come January 1st. And when I wasn't hitting my monthly numbers, I told myself I had time to make up the gap. When the truth was, no, 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 no. If you're falling behind, you need to alter your activities immediately so the gap is made up and then you start playing with a lead. So what I'm hearing you say, Jeff, is front-loading happens in a few different forms. You've got to front-load your year. Q1 is power hour. That is where you are feeling pumped and jazzed and need to get ahead of your annual goals. Not just divide your annual goals by four and meet that deadline, Try to get your entire annual goals by Q1. Is that what you're suggesting? Not necessarily your entire annual goals, but I'm saying, I think you said it really well. Instead of taking your annual goals and dividing it by 12, how do you build up a lead in the first quarter? Excellent. That makes sense. So that same process, applying that logic to my month and making sure that the first week of my month is high density and putting as many important things in that week as possible and saying no to everything else. That is exactly what Gary suggested yesterday. And even when I wake up every day, if I can win the day by noon. Now you go within the week. So within the week, Mondays are my day that I can get ahead and stay focused on the one thing. I I think it's that would be in an ideal world, right? And if that's not something that's reasonable for you, can you at least front load your weeks? Can you try to get all your top 20% priorities accomplished by, by Wednesday? That way, Thursday and Friday, you can coast. What would that look like? And you know, even as I think about it, 
if I really scrutinize my schedule on Mondays, Mondays can be a big day for us here at The One Thing. Yeah, we've got our 411s. We're starting to get into the rhythm for the week. There's, it's, yeah. It's a big day. Yeah. So being hypercritical with everything that has earned the right to be on my calendar actually gives me a lot of leverage mm-hmm. to set up those first three days of the week so that by Friday, I'm, I'm cruising and I'm feeling really great about the upcoming week. I'm already planning my next week and knocking stuff out of the park. That's right. That's right. And then each day, win the day by noon. Yeah. So these folks, we just shared a lot of things. And what's the title of the podcast? The One Thing. That's right. So don't think that all of a sudden you have to finish this podcast and go, oh my gosh, I have to go, I have to redo my goals. I have to go completely redo all my time blocks so that my first quarter, I'm already ahead and that every single month I'm front-loading all, all to week one and within the week, I'm front-loading it all to Monday and on Mondays, it's, it's everything before noon. Don't feel like you have to run out of here and go do all of the things. What we want you to hear is that the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. And what we are saying is... Quit thinking that you have all the time in the world. The truth is once the the calendar flipped to this new year, the clock started ticking. There were activities that we all could have been taking to absolutely be appropriate with our goals. And some of us have not been taking those actions, myself included, by the way. And I'll share a story of what that looked like and what my wife and I have done about that here shortly. We are sharing this episode with you to raise your awareness, to make you aware that you have an opportunity to get clear on your priorities and start executing on them immediately so that when life happens, when your car breaks down, when you get sick, when there's a family emergency, you actually have a lead and it doesn't completely undermine you achieving your goals. If these ideas are speaking to you, if it's provoking some interest in you that you're going, okay, this is really interesting. Uh, What would be possible if you actually were surrounded by a group of people who thought this way, who were on their path of mastery to living this way? That's what living your one thing is, folks. It's why... We have a community of people where every single month we come together and we look at our 411s. Yesterday, we did our monthly group coaching call and Jonathan Farber, who was on our recent episode, episode 220 on how to use the one thing in sales. He showed his 411 to everybody. And when I asked him the question, you know, where are you struggling using this? And he said, well, when do my, what happens if uh, my existing habits conflict with my priorities? And how do I make sure that I'm maintaining the habits I've got while also these, these new priorities? And we actually had him share his screen and show his calendar to the entire membership community. And we said there was one specific activity that he really wanted to find time for, but he struggled to do it. And we had him just show us his calendar. We just started interrogating the things that were on it. And before you knew it, he had all the time in the world he needed to do the thing that mattered most. But sometimes it's just, it's having other people that can help you gain fresh perspective. Because it's tough to read the label when you're inside the box. So if if you'd like to see what this is all about, go to theonething.com slash community and learn more. Jeff, you shared that you had an example about this. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. So um, in November, Amy and I did our couple's goal-setting retreat. And 
we were really thoughtful about when we looked at our personal life, there were things that mattered to us. Strengthening our marriage was one of them. Our relationship with our kids and ensuring that we're starting to form rituals with our kids around the family, around our personal relationship with them, religious habits. These were all very intentional. Also as well, um, some personal hobbies that we really wanted to nurture. And when I between doing the goal setting retreat and then all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving and then it's the holidays and it's time off. I had time to start doing my 411 for this year. And I started saying, okay, well, if we said we're going to do all these goals, what does that actually mean over the course of the year? What is that activity? And I really broke that down, whether it's 36 date nights for my wife and I, um, she and I waking up and having coffee 48 times, um, having a hundred nights where we practice gratitude with our kids at the dinner table to start to teach them to think a certain way, getting really granular. And I started to work it down to, okay, well, how many times do we have to do it this month? Okay, well, how many times would we have to do it this week? And what I realized very quickly was I looked at my planner and my digital calendar. We did not have that stuff blocked. And January had already hit. We, we did our our first um, family meeting. That's when Amy and I go to the gym on Sundays to update our 411s and have that date with our goals. And four days had already passed. And we should have been taking action on some of these things and we hadn't. So it's January 4th and I realized we already had a deficit. And that to me was kind of crazy. And so I showed Amy, I just said, hey, look, we said we wanted to do 100 nights of gratitude. Almost a week has gone by Technically, we should have already done two nights of gratitude with the kids and we haven't. How are we going to make up the gap? And she looked at me and she's like, You're, this is, I'm never going to be this level of accountable to goals as you are. I, I, I don't look at it the same way. And then when we flew back up to 10,000 feet and said, why are we doing this? What's the purpose behind these goals? Who are we trying to become? And she got connected to that. She started to realize, oh, snap, this does matter. Because if we don't bring urgency to these priorities now, we're going to look up and go, there's no way we can hit that goal. And we're just going to give up on the goal rather than change our behavior so we can be appropriate in the moment. That's powerful. Yeah. And and for me, I mean, we know a lot of people, we were just looking at uh, some of the videos from our couples goal setting retreat this last year. Usually in a, in, a, in a couple, there's there's one person who is the goal setter and one person who wants nothing to do with it. You know, I'm the goal setter in the relationship, and Amy is along for the ride. And slowly but surely, she's she's really coming around to this. But for so many people, the, the idea of setting a goal is just it's something that you say you want to do, and then you hope you achieve it. But it's not something that you really date and consistently ask, well, "What do I have to do right now?" so that I'm on track. And if I'm behind, how am I changing things? People just don't think that way. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. You touched on something there, Jeff, about like having that deficit. Talk to us a little bit about like playing from a lead or playing from that deficit. The, after the, the conversation with Gary yesterday, Jay came into the office and we, we sat down. And the, the idea of sports you know, there, there are teams that are historical for uh, the entire game, playing from behind and then coming back to win the game. And there are other teams that just historically, they get out of the gate strong and they just want to dominate and they keep their lead. And yesterday on our group coaching call for our members, we asked the question, and we want you to answer this as well right now. Really think to yourself, between the two, which do you prefer? Do you prefer to play with a lead 
Or do you prefer to play from behind and to come back and win it at the last minute? And there's zero judgment in this question, but honestly, what strikes you? Do you prefer to play with a lead or do you prefer to play from behind? What comes to mind for you? Historically, I'm an over-preparer and I do everything ahead of the game in order to feel confident and prepared. And yet, I also never necessarily feel enough prepared. So I would say I love to play from a lead. I love to feel like I'm coming out of the gate strong. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I procrastinate, like the, even the idea of procrastinating to the finish line stresses me out. Yeah, I, I would say my gut says, I love to play with a lead. And if I looked at my track record, if I actually looked at my actions, my actions prior to joining up with this company said I played from behind. You know, in sales, when I really think about it, I got the quota in January, or maybe the company was late and they got it to us in February. And I told myself I had all year to hit that number. And there were times that the I was so far behind that it seemed insurmountable until you get a few big deals and you come back and you end up you know, making President's Club or whatever it is. But that was never comfortable. In the last year and a half, you know, there, there's real accountability to being on this side of the mic because we have to be, both of us have to be practice leaders to earn the right to talk to you this way. Realizing that if the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment, and when you use a 411, and you really use it, and you time block those priorities, you will be playing with a lead. And that is oh, so freeing. It just feels so much better. And Jay shared a really interesting observation yesterday, which is for any of you who might have thought, I prefer to play from behind. What Jay shared is in his observation, it's usually that you like deadlines. The idea of playing from behind, the game only has so much time left on the clock. You know exactly what the score is. You know exactly how many points you need to get to win the game. And everything else becomes a distraction and you execute on the things that matter most. Yet why do we have to have a deficit in an area of our life that really matters to force us to focus? Why not just use a tool that if you use it, automatically helps you focus on what you need to do, and you have a deadline automatically. It's called the week. When you use a 411, you take a big annual goal, you break it down into a monthly priority, and you break it down even further to these are the very specific actions I must do this week. And you just put it on your calendar. Because if it's not on your calendar, it does not exist. And what I'm hearing you say is that tendency to love a deadline, we can create false deadlines for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. that sense of urgency that comes when you know you've got to get it done. Like it can be something that you create for yourself. You build accountability so that the urgency just happens earlier than really at the final hour. That's exactly right. And and for to really simplify things for people, folks, if you want to live the one thing, identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. It's really that simple. Identify the thing that matters most. Make sure it shows up in your planner and your digital calendar. And when you show up for that time block, have strategies in place to defend against the distractions that are naturally going to pop up and distract you. And Gary, Gary shared this idea that it's, it's really natural to think that you've got all the time in the world. 
especially when you, like for those of you who just got your one thing planners, like it showed up, it's blank. We didn't time block anything for you. You look at that monthly view and you go, oh, I got all the time in the world. But when you do a 411 and you get really clear on the handful of priorities that matter most personally and professionally, and you start to place those boulders in the stream first, all of a sudden you realize there isn't as much spare time as you thought. If you are blocking your vacations, if you've got time every day blocked for your one thing or your priorities, if you've got time blocked every week for planning, and for those of you who lead people, you've got time blocked for your 411s, all of a sudden you start to realize that, okay, that that was a meaningful percentage of my week. Maybe it's only 20% of your time, yet still there's just there's not as much spare time, which just naturally adds constraints bring clarity. You make me think about a lot of our community is setting goals right now. We're all on these 66-day challenges. And the majority, we looked at a pie chart of which of the seven circles their goals are set in. And the majority of them are in physical health, personal life, and spiritual. When you time block your time off, when you have time blocked every single day for your one thing or whatever the, the top priorities are, when you start blocking planning time every single week, and for those of you who lead people, you also block 411s before you realize it, there is a meaningful percentage of your week that has now been spoken for. It might be 20%. It might be more of that time. But suddenly you realize that time is not infinite. There is only so many hours in a day, and we have to make choices about what we want and how we go about getting it. It brings a constraint into the picture, which forces you to get clarity. Constraint brings clarity. When you have extreme clarity on the limited time that you have, another thing to consider is really what motivates us to use that time in a way that serves our goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, We just got out of our monthly content strategy meeting with Jay, and he was talking about you know, there, there are two things that could motivate people. There are the vitamins and there's the aspirin. The vitamins are the aspirational things, the things we want to add into our life because it'll make us better. Yet the aspirin is the immediate alleviation of pain. So Jeff, you just talked about like the vitamins versus the aspirin. Talk about that a little bit more. Like, What is a kind of goal that is a vitamin goal versus an aspirin kind of goal? Well, I'll share one that's really relevant because yesterday in my 411, it came to a head with Jay is... I always, I don't listen to the radio. I don't watch the news. Like I'm always listening to a podcast or to an audiobook. So I've always, Jay's always asked me for the past few years, like, what are your goals around reading for this year? And it's, it's never been important enough for me to set a goal around it that I track because I just tell myself, oh, I already do it anyways. Yet, This year, going into this year, just with where our business is, there are specific things in my life where I have to change the person I am. I have to show up as a different type of leader. Um, I'm more focused than ever before in terms of my marriage, my relationship with my kids, and being entrepreneurial as a leader, as a husband, and as a father is no longer an option. I have to get purposeful because if I don't, there's pain associated with it. And it's, it's no longer a vitamin thing like, oh, read X number of books and become a better version of myself. It is now, no, I need to read four books on marketing this year. 
I need to read a certain number of books on leadership. I need to read a certain number of books on marriage and on a relationship with my kids. And Jay is going to quiz me at the end of this year where he is going to ask me to teach him everything I know about marketing and it better be good, right? There is, we, I am no longer able to go through our business knowing what I know about marketing. I have to now look out to what is the best that can be done and, and define what our model and approach is to something like marketing or something like leadership. How does someone discover that sort of accountability in their life if they don't have a J that says, hey, Jeff, this is important for you to know? Well, lots of us also have forced accountability. I mean, how many of us have ever gotten news that there's something with our health and we have to make a change or know somebody that that's happened to? How many of us have ever been in a relationship that really was going under an immense amount of stress and you were questioning if it was going to work? How many of us have ever um, experienced a job loss or a pay cut or living month to month, paycheck to paycheck? We've all lived with pain. And when the pain is real and it's front and center, it motivates us. It motivates us to change. The question is, can you be purposeful in those moments? Instead of just trying the best based on your natural ability, being entrepreneurial, can you be purposeful? Can you look for a model? Can you look for a system? Can you set a goal and have a relationship with it? And at the highest level, can you surround yourself with a group of people who talk the same language? Can I ask you a tough question? Yes. I talk to a lot of people every day in our community that have a lot of pain in their life. Yeah. And they share with me that their health is struggling and their job is struggling. And because they don't have their finances in place, they can't address certain issues. And and it becomes a big knot that they can't quite unpack to find that lead domino. And while they want to focus on the one thing, they want to focus on the one right thing that makes everything else easier. But when everything feels hard, it can be really hard to find it. So what do they do? Yeah. I wasn't on the phone with them. So you're going to have to tell me if I'm going the right direction here. But what I'm hearing is thinking big and acting big. I'm hearing they're thinking big about alleviating all this pain in the relationships and their job and their finances and their health. And because it's all gradually then suddenly come to a head in their life, it seems insurmountable. But we know you got to think big, go small, and trust that the dominoes will fall. And I think back to the episode with Grace a few episodes ago. I mean, her life, she was not happy. Her parents are getting a divorce. Her What she knows as her home, she doesn't seem stable anymore. She's moved to a completely new state. She tried a new job. She's trying to lose weight. She's drinking too much. Like all these things are coming to a head and she thinks she has to change all of it. And then she realized if she could only change one thing, it was dealing with her addiction to alcohol. And that still was too big because just quitting drinking cold turkey wasn't going to work. The one thing was telling one person that she needed help. And that made everything else easier or unnecessary to where you fast forward today, she hasn't drank in years. She's married to the love of her life. She's in a career that she absolutely loves. She's a homeowner when she never thought that was going to be possible for her. So, so much, I wish I had a more tactical answer for you here, but the path to getting everything you want is to get one thing at a time. Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall.
Jeff, what I'm hearing you say is that pain can be a very strong motivator to change behavior and achieve new goals. And if you're experiencing a lot of pain in different areas of your life, while it can be overwhelming at times, the path starts with choosing one area to focus on. That's exactly right. And then when you're going inside that area, just going really small. One thing that you actually can do, not that you feel like you should do or you feel guilty if you don't do it. It's, it's a lead domino. Two inches, flick of a finger, it falls. And because the dominoes are lined up, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. And how do I know if it's the right lead domino? You won't until you take action. The, for, for all of you out there who identify as being a perfectionist, this is one of the big challenges people have. They, they are so worried that they chose the, the wrong one thing. But the truth is, you can be on the right track. And if you don't move, you can still get run over. You got to get into motion. Pick one thing, start whacking away at it, and you will discover if it is actually the correctly domino or not. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Jeff, how do we take in all this information and start putting it into action? Well, we would ask you first and foremost, when you, you listen to this whole episode, what's the thing that stands out to you? What's the one thing you can do? Such by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Pick that one thing and get started there. We would firmly suggest to you, uh, if you are not yet using a 411, that you begin using a 411. This is the tool that Gary has been using and coaching people to use for over four decades. It's a simple framework that gives you clarity on what matters most. And so you can have accountability and a relationship with your goals. It is the backbone of our business with living your one thing. So if you want to join a community of people where you can do 411s in a community... Over the course of months, go to the one thing.com slash community and learn more about it. Thanks so much for, for listening to this episode, folks. We really appreciate you. If you are new to the One Thing podcast, one thing we will ask you before we go is, did this bring value to you? And if so, who's somebody in your world that you know really needs to hear this? Would you be willing to share with them? And what would be the best way would you do that? Would you would you grab their phone and literally subscribe them, which would be awesome. And if not, that's not practical. Will you text the episode to them? Will you tell them about it? Your word of mouth is the lifeblood of the growth of this show. And so thank you so much for sharing this with the people that you care about most. If you are new to the One Thing podcast, please go ahead and click that subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. And while you are at it, Think about leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. We really read every single one and it would mean the world to us if you would share your feedback with us. Thank you so much for listening to The One Thing Podcast and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.